Hey, Jim here. Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I've got a real treat today. It's an episode that I did nothing to create except this audio introduction. Here's the scoop. Four very creative content contributors. That was a mouthful. Creative content contributors in our Facebook group. These are four people who have helped build the Proven Amazon course. They're leaders in our community. They're successful students from our community. Well, they got together live in our Facebook group just a few days ago before I recorded this audio, and they discussed some really cool creative business ideas. It's just four entrepreneurial creative people talking about some very exciting business ideas. Some of them are silly. Some of them won't apply to you. But a handful of them, I guarantee, are going to get your creative wheels turning. It was such a cool conversation as the four of them kind of parsed through some of the many ideas that are out there. And we might do this again because they had a really good time. The feedback was phenomenal in the Facebook group from those who were able to watch it live and those who have caught the video since then. So like I said, this was a video that was posted in our Facebook group. You don't need the video. All you have to do is listen like you're listening right now and you're going to catch all the content. But if you want to watch the video in the show notes today, there is a link right to the video in our Facebook group. You'll have to join the Facebook group if you're not a member yet, which doesn't cost anything. And then you can watch the video and interact with the others, the thousands or so who have watched this video already before you heard it. So here's a few thoughts that I have before I turn the microphone over to the team and let them take it away. One of the things is the Proven Conference, which is coming up. If you're listening to this before September 2019, you should know September 11th through 13th. That's our big community event. We've got hundreds of people, way over 500, closing in on 600 people registered already. It's going to be phenomenal. All four of the people that you're going to be meeting today will be at the event, just some of our leadership team that's going to be there presenting and helping make the event awesome. If you like these people and you like hanging out with people that you're going to hear today, man, you want to be hanging out with 600 more just like them, you need to come to the Proven Conference in September, theprovenconference.com for details and tickets. We're not sold out yet. Next, there's just a few things I wanted to go over to help put my spin on a couple of the ideas that came up and kind of inject my thoughts. Because like I said, I wasn't a part of this recording, but a couple things jumped out at me. I want to make sure and point them out. First, since we're talking about creating new businesses, potentially, I wanted to have a short discussion. And, and Jenny, she's one of the guests that you're going to hear today. It was Ryan, Jenny, Dahlia, and Eric. They're having a conversation. And Jenny brings up the fact that uh, there's a difference between good ideas and right ideas. And she references the conversations that that I've had with her in some podcast episodes even that we've talked about the difference between a good idea and a right idea. Basically, a good idea is barely better than a really bad idea. Actually, I put good ideas and bad ideas in the same bucket and I shelve them and I put them away. Good ideas can be poison. We live in an age where you can brainstorm with a handful of entrepreneurs or you can get on Google and type in good business ideas. You're going to see a thousand good ideas coming at you very quickly. You want to be able to distinguish what the right ideas are. What are you positioned for? Which ideas take you into the right relationships? 
which ideas are you ready to tackle? Do you have the budget, the time, the energy, the skills required? Is it a waste of your time? Is it taking you away from the things in your life that are already working, perhaps? So you have to be cautious about that. I recorded a whole podcast episode that would be a good one to listen to in conjunction with this one. I think it was episode number 27. It was seven questions you should ask yourself before you start any new business opportunity. Go back and listen to episode number 27 in conjunction with today's episode to help shape out and make sure you don't go jumping off in a direction that you probably shouldn't be pursuing. And something else personally that I love about this episode, I think it's Dahlia that has some kids at her house at the time. You're going to hear them in the background. And I think it's beautiful. No longer do we apologize for the sounds of kids and dogs in the background on our podcasts and our educational materials around here. Because to me, I have a new term I'm introducing today. That is officially the sound of success. That's what I'm going to begin calling it. That's what we'll refer to it to and our leadership team. If a kid interrupts us, if a dog interrupts us, now we're not going to be unprofessional, of course. We want to deliver professional content. But the sounds of kids playing in the background, someone stepping from your family, stepping in the office and saying, oh, you're recording. That's cool. And introducing them maybe live on the air. I think that's a beautiful thing. That is the sound of success from my vantage point. So hopefully you enjoy that little bonus content. The other thing I wanted to point out was the fact that uh, we reference quite a bit in this episode a concept that I've talked about from time to time, but I want to be sure and kind of put my spin on this. It's the whole concept of following your passion or knowing your passion or finding your passion. And I believe from a biblical worldview, it's just not all that vital that you know and find your passion before you get to work. We have far too many people who spend a lot of time trying to find and know their passion before they just dive in and start doing something that serves others well. Now, I'm not taking a contrary position to anything you're going to hear on today's podcast by any means, because it's a great conversation and we all need to know ourselves well and what we're capable of and what interests us. But I can tell you this. Uh, oh, I think it was Mike Rowe. I'll, I'll share this quote. Mike Rowe, the dirty jobs guy, if you've ever seen that TV show, who said, don't pursue your passion. Instead, take it with you. I actually had a chance to speak in front of some high school seniors who were graduating at a commencement, and I shared with them some different versions of illustrations of that exact point, because no one really cares what your passions are. All they care about is, are you serving well? And the example I like to use, and for those of you who have listened to several podcast episodes, this might ring a bell. You might remember me referencing this, but we have a company here in town that does dry cleaning, and they seem to hire people who are just super passionate not about dry cleaning, but about making customers happy. And it comes across as if they're passionate about dry cleaning. Why? Well, because they're making a lot of money doing it really, really well. They show up with a smile. They're on time. They've got a skip in their step. They know people's names. And I can guarantee you, if we went to that company, and I've never done this, but if I went and asked all, let's say they have 100 employees, when you were a kid, did you think you'd grow up and do dry cleaning? they would all say no. But I said, now that you find yourself here, are you passionate about it? Do you enjoy it? And I would say most of them, the ones I've encountered would all say, yes, they love serving well. Why? Well, because they know they're doing a valuable service for others. They're making great money doing it. And yeah, they're excited to get up in the morning and do something that they never would have dreamed of as a kid, dry cleaning other people's stuff. That's the company they're in. But they do it with such passion that that ignites 
that inner passion to do the task. So the passion that you force yourself into to serve well generates an internal passion. So don't wait for the internal passion to light a fire. That's the point. If you serve well and if you find something you can do profitably, the passion will follow. There's nothing that gets you more excited, me or you. Nothing will ever get you more excited than having a customer hand you a $100 bill for a service that only cost you $20 to deliver, but they're grateful and they would have paid twice as much. And you do it with a smile and they're happy to pay and you scale that business up and now you're doing it at 10 times a day, 100 times a day. Your team is doing it a 1,000 times a day. I don't care what the service is. The customers are happy and paying. You're paying a staff well. So I just wanted to hit that topic as well. And that hopefully applies to anyone who's out there trying to grow a team or quote unquote, follow your passion. And then one last point before I turn the microphone over to the team, this is a lot of introductory notes, I know, but these are just some thoughts I had when I listened to this episode. They reference quite a bit the power of partnering up with other organizations that already have an audience. How that's a zero cost, zero risk business model that anyone listening to this episode could be doing. In our Proven Amazon course, we refer to it as the PPP module. That's the Proven Product Partnering module. Again, that's it. one of the modules inside the Proven Amazon course, which is our flagship Amazon course. But it can go well beyond just Amazon. Basically, if you go, and I've done this twice in the past two weeks, I went to an artist and we have a podcast episode that appears near this one. I don't know if we published it before or after this episode, but an artist who is nationally syndicated, you may recognize his work. He's been in USA Today. If you're in the United States and you've ever read a newspaper or even looked online at political cartoons, odds are you've seen this guy's work. I just approached him and said, hey, let's put some of your stuff out there on Amazon. And he agreed. Didn't cost me anything, didn't cost him anything. First few days, he made $600 and I'm giving him all the money. I very easily could have proposed that we split the funds, but we didn't. That whole story is in that episode. Look for it. The artist's name is Gary Varvel. But that whole concept of taking someone else's audience and helping them find a new way to profit from it is beautiful. And they talk quite a bit about that. And I just wanted to make sure that you realize that that's one of the training modules inside the Proven Amazon course. A specific example they kick around in this podcast episode that you're about to listen to is helping a school develop its own coffee brand, right? So now the school is promoting its own coffee brand. It's on Amazon. We got everybody in the school corporation or a good number of them buying that coffee. That boosts the coffee to the top of the sales rank. And now you've got strangers around the country buying that new hot coffee that's showing up at the top of the charts. Does that make sense? It's leveraging audiences and communities that already exist. Very exciting topic that you're going to hear discussed on today's episode. And one last reminder, it's the proven product partnering strategy that's one of the modules, one of the many incredible modules inside the proven Amazon course. So with that, perhaps overly verbose introduction. I'm going to turn the microphone over to Jenny and Ryan and Mike and Dahlia. You're going to love these guys. And one last reminder, come meet all of us at the Proven Conference in September. If you're listening to this in time to come join us for that live event, we'd love to have you there. Hey, God bless you, business building warrior. You're not going to hear from me again. You're going to hear from my team. They're going to love hanging out with you. And if, again, if you want to see the video, there's a link in the show notes today.
Enjoy today's episode. All right, we're live, guys. Woohoo! Woo! Exciting. <laughs> the gallery view here. Awesome. So today's broadcast is brought to you by Ring Video <laughs> Pro. Now, we guys, we're just seriously just chatting about all the webinars we do. We should sell ad space for all these things. Kind of fun. That's a good idea. An extra extra stream of income. There we go. <laughs> Also, guys, I don't know if you, uh, you probably know everybody on this uh, group. Um, some are more behind the scenes than others. Uh, Delia, you're the one that kind of created that whole Amazon 101 course and do a ton of work in the back end for Jim. Appreciate for appreciate everything you do there. And so, guys, we were just on a, and well, of course, you know, Eric and, and Jenny and uh, Danny might be joining us here in a little bit. We were, guys, we're on a, we have a, a regular call, this group here, including Danny Stock. And we were just thinking, uh, we we're just throwing out some crazy ideas that we have and thought, man, this would be really kind of fun to get on a webinar and talk about some of these silly ideas we've had. Some of them might actually still be good ideas. We just don't have time to pursue them. Uh, so if there's anything here that you guys like and want to run with it, go for it. But also, instead of just making it a, just a goofy session about some of the crazy, dumb ideas we've all had, we thought, let's turn it into a, a webinar about how to spot opportunities. Cause as a, as an entrepreneur, there's so many opportunities out there. You can get so overwhelmed and lose focus on what you're trying to do. And so we thought to make it educational as well and, and also have fun with it. So cool. Let's do it. Okay. Well, um, I wanted to talk uh, just for a few minutes about uh, how I evaluate ideas. And if you hear kids in the background, I'm sorry, there are like five kids downstairs playing. Any of us. But yeah, I know. That's the beauty of working from home, right? When it comes to spotting opportunities, I've used different frameworks to try to evaluate ideas. And one of the frameworks that has seemed to work the best for me has been the ICE framework. And I'll talk about it. But would you uh, like to be able to choose ideas that allow you to not get distracted, not get sidetracked, not procrastinate, not get burned out, all of those things, right? If that's our goal, then we have to have a way to evaluate the ideas. And we talk a lot of times when it comes to business ideas or work or anything else, we talk about a passion, skills, and resources. So I didn't actually have the time to put all the information in the Venn diagram, but let's just assume that the one circle stands for skills, one uh, circle stands for resources, and one, one of the circles stands for passion or uh, what you like, what you enjoy. Putting all these together will give you the sweet spot, right? And whenever we identify a sweet spot, we get one of those ideas that do not get us distracted do not get sidetracked, allow us to not procrastinate, not get burned out, and all those things. So in order to identify that the sweet spot, I use the ICE framework. This comes from the development work, uh, world, and um, I stands for impact, confidence, ease. So how impactful could this idea be? Confidence, how, how confident am I that this would work for me for whatever goal I have? And then how easy would it be to implement? And I, I just typed two ideas here. I'm thinking, okay, what's one thing I want to do for my health this coming year? And comparing two ideas, making smoothies every morning and running two miles. Mm. So if if I were to, I get all these uh, comments, you guys. Oh, sorry. sorry. Okay. <laughs> we're talking I sure, ourselves. I wasn't sure if this is not working or something. Uh, okay, okay. No, all good. Okay. <laughs> so 
Okay, if we're going back to uh, to that impact, confidence, ease, it would be easy, right, to to talk about how easy is it for you to run two miles. For me, it's not that easy. Uh, how easy is it to make a, a healthy smoothie in the morning? Because I don't really eat very healthy, or I haven't been eating healthy the last month. That seems a much much better idea for me in terms of impact, confidence, and ease of implementation. I know eating healthy makes a change in my day and my daily schedule and my effectiveness. So that's what I use. Impact, confidence, and ease is just a simple framework. Mm-hmm. And whether it's a, an idea of how to do better when it comes to health or a business idea, I just run through it quickly in my head. Uh, is it easy? Do I have the confidence I can, I can do it? And what kind of impact will it have in my life? Because if the impact is really, really low, then even if it's easy and I'm confident I can do it, why would I do it? That's one way to look at ideas, right? As business owners or entrepreneurs, we tend to have a lot of ideas, which is great. And uh, every time this group talks, we come up with 10 or 20 more ideas, right? And that's why we we are doing this webinar. But we have to start identifying what will have the greatest impact, what's the easiest thing to implement, and what can I actually implement and achieve the goals or achieve what I'm, I'm planning on achieving. Because I don't have a, an illustration for this, but if we were to think of each idea as bridges, right, that take us from point A to point B, imagine having um, three bridges that are half half built. You never get to point B because they're they're just midway. That's what happens in business. That That's what has happened to me a lot. I start on things because I get excited. I think, oh, this would be so cool. But then I end up with five things I'm working on and they never get me to point B. Mm. They're, they're just in started or they need some extra help or maybe I don't have the skills and uh, it takes me a while to find a person to, to help me implement it. Whatever the reason is, I'm not finishing and I have all these uh, unfinished bridges. And if my goal is to go to, to get to point B and I just have unfinished bridges, then it's not going to be very helpful. Mm. What kind of framework do you guys use to, to evaluate ideas? I know, Ryan, you talk a lot about your vision and, and your goals and writing them down. Is there anything else you use uh, in evaluating ideas? Gosh, I've been, I guess I'm not as methodical as, as you put it. I go through a lot of those same things in my head, but I don't think of them the same way that you do. You just laid them out. What I do pretty much is what you just said, but I don't like have a process of thinking it out that way. So you brought kind of life to that process. Um, that's awesome. I have all kinds of ideas that pop up from time to time. And I do look at them like, does this, is this something I could launch pretty quickly? Is this going to have a lot of input impact right now? Is this something I can do on my own or I just need to find somebody to just to tell this to and have them run with it? It's for me, it's if it's not something I can use right away, I write it down. I put it into I have a Trello board of ideas. If it goes with something that's already happening right now, like the private label group, Virginia and I have a list of potential ideas, some that we'll probably never, ever get to because they just aren't aren't good anymore, not applicable anymore. Some of them we may end up implementing. It just really depends. Like timing's a big thing. Uh, does it even make sense anymore in the group? Is that was that uh, an idea that was right. kind of come and gone? 
Is this something for the future? I, I find a lot of times I'll write it down and if it's a really good idea, it'll come back up mm-hmm. and I'll end up taking action on it. So that's what that's I did. That's a good key right there. It'll come back up. If it's a good idea, like I think not just a good idea, but the right idea. That's the language right. Jim uses. Yes. So lots of good ideas out there, but is it the right idea? And if it's the right idea, it's going to kind of stand the test of time. Right. And yeah, that was a good word. Good word. Yeah, I like that. You said the great idea thing, because the good ideas are bad, actually. We can all have good ideas, but um, it's the right ideas that we need to have, that we need to implement. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. What Jenny and I were, were having a conversation a couple months ago and, and kind of what came from that, it kind of shifted how I looked at these ideas and do I want to pursue them or not. And just to let you know, I mean, I probably have 35 unfinished bridges right now. <laughs> <laughs> it just gets, it's so easy to do. We need to start a group. <laughs> a support group. A support, a support group, group. unfinished bridges. <laughs> but I mean, that's just, you know, kind of the, the entrepreneurial way. You know, and and we're all idea people. And I know when I get on with any of you three, I know I'm, we're leaving with ten ideas. You know, so that's just how it is. But what I really like about uh, our conversation we had a couple of months ago was the criteria: Do I like the person I'm doing this with? You know, if I'm pulling someone in, if I'm partnering up with somebody, do we, you know, work well together? Is it financially sustainable? Mm-hmm. You know, and that was another criteria. And the last one was, does it actually help people? Does it truly help people? Mm -hmm. And that was a big one for me because if it's not truly helping people, one, it's not going to be sustainable and I'm not going to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So really those three things are, are, you know, most of the criteria I use with these Mm -hmm. uh, ideas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that reminds me of a little bit of the seven-day transformation stuff Mm -hmm. that we went through. And there was this idea of your sweet spot is found between something you're passionate about the community, the people that you're working with, whether there's a need that's being filled. So that's the impact, right? So all, this just kind of mirrors what you were saying, Delia. And then does it affect the kind of lifestyle that I want to lead or that I need to be lead, leading? And one of the things like with, so you had the ICE impact, confident and easy. And um, that easy reminds me of these friends of ours that have, they've got three kids and they always gauge what they're going to do on a labor fund ratio. So if it's laborious, but not very fun, like when they go on vacation and they're thinking of their events, you know, how much work is it going to take for us to get to the beach with five little kids or three little kids? You know, is it going to be worth it? And yes, it's going to be worth it. So we're going to put the work in and then there's that fun, that fun piece is high. The labor's high, but it, it it's good. But if the labor's really high and that fun piece, and maybe it's not fun for you, maybe it's community is really important, whatever that piece that's super important at ratio, you need to kind of look at that because I think. And the other side is it can be really easy, but not so fun. It can be something I could put in really quick and I see it's filling a gap and it's going to be a good idea in that sense, but it's not, you know, I could kind of take it or leave it, but I'm, I am motivated because I can get it done quickly and I'm meeting a need. And so that that's a, I don't know, there's so many ways to look at and to gauge, but I think it's really important. Delia, I love your mind in that you do bring a system to the way we think. And I don't always think of a system. I just kind of, Ooh, let's go. And we'll just jump from the end of the not finished bridge to the other side if we have to, you know, <laughs> but that's not the best way to go. You know, it's good. It's really good to take a step back. And I think for as entrepreneurs, it's important for us to be able to keep each other accountable mm-hmm. to, to do that. And, um, cause sometimes it's easy to just bounce around like Brett mm-hmm. would say. 
Right. I think based on the conversation we had on um, spotting ideas and evaluating ideas, I can already think of the stages, right, in this process. The ICE framework is like stage two. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to have that vision and the goal. What what am I trying to accomplish? What is my, what's the lifestyle I, I want to have for me and my family? Who are the people I want to work with? So those questions, I think they fall in at stage one. Mm -hmm. We have to uh, talk about our vision and our end goal. I think in terms of what's what's my ideal week? What's my ideal month? What are the things I want to work on? It doesn't mean I all always just work on the things I really enjoy. There are times when I have to do things I don't enjoy and, and that's fine. But those things are still taking me closer to the end goal. So I do believe that uh, what you guys have said already, that comes first, a, a discussion about what are my goals and, and what's my vision for my life and for my family. And then the ICE framework comes a little bit later once I have the ideas, because that's when we have to evaluate them and, and identify. We should only evaluate ideas that fit in with our vision right. or our lifestyle or our yep. end goal. So if we were to divide it in stages or a process map, the ice framework would be somewhere in the middle. First would be yeah. all of these other things you guys have talked about. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, let's talk about some ideas then. I, I was thinking, what if we talk about some ideas to make quick cash, whether it's something we've done in the past, whether it's something we've, we know someone who has done it or uh, whether it's something we want to share. It doesn't have to be the, the best idea, but what's one idea to, to make some quick cash? And I, I'm going to share a couple, and then I'll let you guys, if you, if you have anything else, to, to share a couple. Mm -hmm. So in the past, I've done some of those. I signed up for some of those survey sites, mm -hmm. and I've done a lot of weird things just looking for, for I don't know why, actually. I've done we some of have. those things, but <laughs> one of the things is doing those surveys, right? Uh, I thought I could make some money. In 2001, the, my first breakthrough with those sites was that someone gave me a, a smartphone. In 2001 uh, or 2003, no one really had smartphones. Oh it was a Mo Motorola phone, and they paid for my uh, data plan and my phone plan. So I had a phone for a year. I didn't pay for it. It's, it was a ton of money at that point because no one was selling. I mean, no one was really buying mm -hmm. smartphones. They were too expensive. <clears throat> So I got a smartphone and I got my uh, phone paid for almost the whole uh, the bill. So it's those survey sites and you mm -hmm. can you can research some. But one thing I would have liked to do I've never done is those uh, uh, local research group focus research types of projects. Mm -hmm. And if you go to bluebook.com, I'll share this. You can look for research companies in your area. So I think it's bluebook.com, and then you go uh, to look for in your hmm. area. You can hmm. refine your search. I already clicked uh, research for Sacramento, and I see I, I see three companies here. I clicked on the third one. You get a description of what they do, and then you can go to the website and put your name on in their database, so you get contacted if they have a research group or focus group that's related to your interests. I know someone who, who's done a lot of money with this, and I've always wanted to do some cool uh, research projects. If you're around a big university, they usually have these uh, uh, big projects where the psychology department mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you do all of these random tests and they pay you with a gift card or $50 or $25. It depends on on the type of, of test. I've always wanted to do it, never got to do it. Hopefully someone will take the idea and run with it. But I've made some money and I, I got a free phone and my bill paid for about a year uh, through one of these companies. The other random idea is uh, selling your hair, hairwork.com. <laughs> if you have a lot of hair, you want to sell it. This is one website where you can find a way to sell your hair. There are actually other ones. Just thought this is cool. <laughs> um, like, uh, let's by let's the pound. share it. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the horse hair by the pound? <laughs> yeah. The, these are quick cash ideas. And then my, the one that I've used the most and made me the most money was just using Craigslist. Either uh, looking for free items to uh, pick up and then resell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done that with books. Mm-hmm. I found a lot of people uh, during the summertime have garage sales and then they end up having a lot of items they don't want to put back into the house. So they, they just put them on the porch. Mm-hmm. And I found some really good boxes of books through that. You just type free plus books in Craigslist. Mm-hmm. I also made a lot of money just paying $100 for like a pallet of books. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time I, I paid $200 for two pallets of books. And uh, I probably made three or $4,000 minimum uh, profit uh, on those books. Craigslist has been the most profitable random idea for me. But then the other thing I've done through Craigslist was looking the gigs section. And uh, one of the jobs I got uh, at one point, I didn't have a job. Uh, I was in college and I would look in the gig section just, just to do it. And I got this position for a whole week, uh, not a whole week, a uh, a weekend, uh, Friday to Thursday through Saturday. We just had to set up uh, some tents in front of a store and they just had this uh, show so people can test different products. I was paid, this was 15 years ago, I was paid $15 an hour just to hang out, help them set things up and then hang out there for a couple of days. So I made $600 in three days. As a college student who had no job and I needed some extra cash, that was good money. So you can find some good gigs in the Craigslist gig section. Those are my few ideas, quick cash ideas. Maybe you, maybe they're useful. Maybe they're not. I don't know. Let me know if they, if they are. <laughs> the comments are cracking me up. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are great, great ideas. I hadn't heard of the hair work or horse yeah, hair. The hair stuff. Somebody's like, how about dog hair? And there was a book, Hallie and I found at a bookstore about crafting with cat hair. So there, who knows what there's a market for, you know, a friend of mine posted, she started selling on Facebook marketplace, which I wasn't around, probably wasn't around not too long ago. Right. So, um, I was doing Craigslist stuff too, but she started selling on Facebook marketplace. And what she was doing was she was looking for, she wanted to redecorate her house. So she didn't have the money for that. She wanted to do it quickly. So for quick cash, she went, but she wanted to make money from this too, because she's an entrepreneur. So she went to different stores and she found home decor that she really liked and she would buy three of an item and she would sell two and keep one. So one of them would pay for the one she was keeping and the other one would generate profit. And that was so successful for her that, and she was doing this on the the big marketplace on Facebook. She'd be in some little groups, but she would put it out on the big marketplace. And I will say that she is a master at taking really good pictures. She takes the time to edit her photos and all of that. So it's not like just stuff on the floor, you know, with clutter or something around. She really took the time to take good pictures. But what 
came from that was she would get people that would message her and say, wait a minute, do you have any more? Cause she was selling two. Do you have any more? Do you have any more? So she started building this list and then she got smart about it. And she started putting those people into her own Facebook group. And so now she has a group and I think it's almost 10,000. I haven't been in there a long time, but this, she's only been doing this maybe three, two and a half to three years. But that first year she built a a group that had like 2000 people in it, the Mm. people who were interested in buying what she was finding. And she was the only seller in the group. It's mind boggling to me. And she did a hundred thousand dollars just with Facebook marketplace. And we joked around about like, you know, that's porch pickup. You don't have any fees. People come to your house and they put money underneath her mat. She never had an issue with it. But that I'm like, did the neighbors have an issue with all these people? Like, are they wondering what you're doing? All these people driving in front of your house and stopping and running up and getting something and leaving. But she hasn't had any problems and it's just been crazy. So Facebook Marketplace is also a great place for some quick cash that you can flip things that you find at a garage sale. You can flip things that you find around your house or you can even, she went, she was getting some stuff at Ross one day. And it was items that she had already bought and sold in her group. And I was messaging her about something. And she said, you know what? You wouldn't believe this. I'm in line at Ross and I just sold everything I have in my cart and I haven't even bought it yet. So she like, she had it down. She knew what her customers were, but it all just kind of came by accident because she was just trying to make some money and she was able to make some quick cash, um, significant cash um, rather quickly with the Facebook marketplace. Mm. Eric, I like your idea in the, we've talked a lot about, and I kind of had something similar where you take, you could get things at garage sales and then flip them for cash by taking them to a consignment store Mm -hmm. or where do you take your stuff to? Yeah. Yeah. Plenty. Well, a lot of mine always comes back to, you know, retail arbitrage or garage selling because that's how we started. So what I really like doing for those of you who go out in garage sale and and flip it on eBay or Amazon or Facebook, or I'm really starting to like Facebook for that stuff was I'll go get, you know, sports equipment, you know, weights, baseball gloves, football, you know, whatever I can find. And I'll take it up to play against sports. And most of the time, the cash I get from that, because they can buy it outright from you, they can put it on consignment, you know, they have several different options. But the cash I get from that pretty much pays off everything else I bought that day right. for garage sales. So it's really good for cash flow. But then I also end up with a car full of stuff I'm going to list on eBay you know, later on. So yeah, I, I love that idea. You know, it, a lot of what I do when I think about quick cash, you know, I think about the times I've needed quick cash and I didn't have a ton of money to invest up front. That has always been garage sales for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 uh-huh. it's so hard to find margins like that, you know, or have that much fun doing anything else. So when I think about the quick cash or I don't have a ton of money to start up front, that's where I think. And, uh, and with the, the team building stuff, especially something that an idea I had that I never got to see through was we always had teams of RA shoppers around the country that would, you know, mm-hmm. go find things and, you know, any store and send them into Amazon under our account, we'd pay them a percentage of the profit. Well, I always wanted to do that with garage sales and I was just never able to, you know, put that together. But I think what a great idea is build a team of people who love going to garage sales at, you know, all over the country, you know, and you can really scale that. And and Mm -hmm. I I haven't put any of the details together, but I'd love to see that happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you don't have any money and you're looking to start, so Eric takes, he does sports equipment and he'll, he'll buy stuff at garage sales and 
you're you're not looking to make the cash necessarily from taking some of those items and bringing them to to uh, play it again sports, but you do get cash and that ends up paying for the rest of your inventory that you can sell. So that's a great if you just have a little bit, that's a great thing to do. And I've done that with children's items because there's a lot of consignment stores for children's items and if you know what kind of gear sells or you could even probably ask consignment stores what are you looking for and then you can bring it in you can either trade for something that will sell that you didn't you know maybe you didn't find something at a yard sale but you know you can trade it in at a consignment shop you can trade it for cash or you can trade it for a trade credit so that's a that's a great way to build some inventory if you don't have any any money but I still kind of am stuck on the horse hair. I know. <laughs> as cool as that. Yeah, I don't have anything really to add. I mean, the quickest cash we've ever usually made is just this Facebook marketplace selling stuff around the house. Amazon returns that we had that we couldn't uh, sell back on Amazon. But yeah, the horse hair, that beats us all. Yeah, I don't have a horse though. <laughs> I, I guess I have to get a horse so that I can sell horse hair. <laughs> It's it's interesting what people make money with. I'm always shocked by what they do. But one idea that I think could be really profitable to someone who wants to do it, I haven't taken action, is go to elementary or uh, just schools, elementary schools or any other schools mm-hmm. in your area and partner with them to do a used book drive. So mm-hmm. you get them to put a big box that has book drive, book donation to support the school, something, just a, a few big boxes throughout the school. Mm-hmm. And then you can coach the, the school to, to help the, the teachers come up with some prizes for the class who gets mm-hmm. the best books. And you should have a list of what kind of books you'll accept. I wouldn't accept mass market paperbacks and mm-hmm. uh, some of these other things. So you, you have to do a little bit of research on what kind of books sell on Amazon, uh-huh. but do a book drive with a school or a nonprofit organization, and you say, I will handle everything. I will sell this for you, and we split the profits. Yeah. And that's that's uh, an easy to implement idea because mm-hmm. if you have a school or a nonprofit organization, they usually have access to a lot of people. Those people are willing to get rid of stuff mm-hmm. for them. I would do it with books because I like books better than mm-hmm. uh, stuff to sell on eBay. I just don't like taking pictures and all that. So it goes back to my framework to evaluating ideas, right? Uh, Use books. I already have people that can list them. I know it would be a pretty uh, seamless, smoothless, smooth process for me. Mm -hmm. So that seems like a great idea for me. If it's someone like Eric, he already has a process to list stuff on eBay so he could partner with a nonprofit or a school and just have all things, mm-hmm. uh, right? Old stuff donated to the school. And you could have a list of mm-hmm. things, all the electronics, whatever you need. And you could have a list of mm-hmm. uh, things you would not accept. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, it's not difficult to implement. You yeah. could do that with any cause. That's really, oh, really, if you connect with the cause, then that's that's a brilliant strategy. Yeah. So Delia, let me ask you this. I, mean, we, I don't want to divert what, what you have <clears throat> next, but real quick question is, I have a lot of ideas like that that I think would be really good ideas, but may, I may be one person away from making that happen. In your In your mind, would it make sense to have somebody that runs with that for you and you just get a tiny percentage of the profit? Yeah. I mean, if you can, so the the thing is you have to find that person. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the harder part, right? But if you, if we know, we all know people in our lives that are good, maybe to talking to other Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. So they could be that connecting person between me and the schools, the book drive idea. And then I can handle 
setting the process for getting those books listed so I'm not actually involved. There's always a way to do it, but I am at a place in my life that I'm trying to look for people who have the skills I need to implement some of the ideas. In my case, I'm willing to like even set aside some money to implement some, some of the ideas I personally have. But there might be a lot of people who are listening who don't have the cash, don't have the money. They just have the ideas. They don't have the time. So we always have to look at what we have, skills, resources, time, budget, and, mm-hmm. and start from there to identify what we should do. And I had something, I, I, another point I wanted to make, but I forgot it. So we'll uh, get stuck there. <laughs> It'll come back if it was the right idea. <laughs> You'll remember. You could, you could have like some of these things that might be more virtual. Yours is somebody would have to be on the ground where you live. You could do that all over the country, but mm-hmm. some of our ideas might be virtual. We could just mm-hmm. get a virtual assistant to do to launch some of these, say, go watch this training, implement this idea I have, test it, see if it's even worth anything, if this idea is good at all. Okay, so what it costs you a few hundred dollars to to try that idea out? Um, you know, thought, man, I wonder if that would be a good strategy for some of these ideas that we have. Yeah, what I've noticed is that a lot of people are afraid of taking action. All yeah. they need is someone to say, hey, do this and do that, right. and they're willing to do the work. Yep. In my case, I would partner with people from church. Mm-hmm. I know the, those people. I trust them more than uh, someone randomly from Craigslist, mm-hmm. right? Sure. So um, I would I would look for someone I I know a little bit or trust. There was actually a person at church that uh, sells on eBay, and I talked to him. Hey, can you sell some stuff for me? I have a full garage of new products that I need to get rid of. Some of them were PL products. Some were arbitrage items that Mm -hmm. I never resent to Amazon. Mm -hmm. Don't tell my business partner about it, (laughs) but (laughs) she's not watching. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully she's not, she's not watching. Um, I do have a few boxes of items that are are good. So what I've done this summer is I started training my niece who's 15 years old and she started listing items for me on, on eBay. I taught her how to print labels, put the labels on the box give the box to my mom who, who always goes to the grocery store mm-hmm. where in the, uh, the post office box is right there. So yeah. I have my system, right? That's just one yeah. simple system I built with items I have in the mm-hmm. house, literally. Hmm. That's great. And I wanted to throw out there too, you're really looking for somebody with an audience. So when you're talking about the book, mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. that with a, a school, they have an audience, you right. know, and I've done the same thing. It was actually a, a homeschool school, which was interesting. But I partnered with them and they had a fundraiser and said, okay, everybody bring your books. The proceeds are going to go to the school. And then, you know, me and my team, we sold all the books that were brought in and split the profits. It was great. But what I should have kept going, because you already have a relationship and they already have an audience. So those are two key components that you already have. So it'd be a shame to do one fundraiser and then never again. So you could either keep doing the same fundraiser or start adding different models to it. So I thought about, you know, I had a merch account, you know, so I I wanted to see what it would be like if we put their logo and maybe some of their, you know, I don't know, whatever design they had on a t-shirt and sold that to the attendees and the students, Mm -hmm. you know, and they get, you know, 80 or 90% of the proceeds, whatever it is, because it's all print on demand. But, uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, once you have that relationship, it would just be Mm -hmm. such a bummer to do it once and never do it again. So start thinking of, how else can we, you know, serve the school 
mm-hmm. you know, or church or, or whatever nonprofit, whatever it mm-hmm. is, because there's just so many different ways you could go about it. Mm. Yeah, there's a company, uh, Booster Thon, I think it's the website. They do all kinds of fundraising events for schools, and they're working with a few thousand schools in the U.S., I listened to the uh, CEO and the CFO. I think they were on on a call on a podcast. Um, they were talking about leadership skills, and I was just listening to them. I said, "Oh, this would be a great partner for me because I can help them launch new products on Amazon, and, and those products are going to be more uh, w- would raise more funds for the schools. Yeah. They already have a partnership. They have the infrastructure, like they do a lot of uh, a t-shirt." printing and I I was some print on demand stuff, but they haven't used the Amazon platform, which is what I have. They want to grow. And I heard them on this podcast saying, Hey, I want, I want to grow. And if anyone's listening and knows them, Boosterthon, I would love to talk to the CEO about it. Let me know, put me in touch. But yeah, that's just one idea, right? I haven't had the time to actually pursue this idea. But it's something I might do in the next month. Just try to reach out to the CEO, see if I can find a way to talk to them and just mm-hmm. present the opportunity. Because I have other people that can uh, do the work of mm-hmm. listing products, uh, launching products. And then imagine having thousands of people who are going to be sent to your Amazon listings to buy the products. What would that do to the ranking of those products? <laughs> it would get them on the first page within a week or two. And then I would just reap the benefits. I only need a really small percentage in that idea, right? That's Mm -hmm. one idea to make money. That's a longer term, not a quick. But that's just an example. I was listening to a podcast. They made a comment. We want to grow. And this is what we're doing. And I thought, you know what? I have an idea for you that might work. So that's that's how we spot opportunities. I always like to, to think through what are my skills, resources, and assets that I have. That's why I started uh, selling books online. Uh, it was before I heard anyone talking about selling books or Amazon, I don't know, mid-2000s. And uh, someone, I think Dan Miller said, try to start with something you enjoy and mm-hmm. then build a business around it. So I kept mm-hmm. thinking, what do I like to do? What do I like to do? <laughs> oh, I like books. At that point in my life, I wasn't reading a lot of books, but I've always liked the look of books. <laughs> And I said, you know what? I kind of like being around books. I like handling books. I read some. At that point, I wasn't reading a lot. So I said, what if I do something with books? And then one thing led to another. I started Googling and I said, what, how can you make money with books? I think I literally Googled that. And I found a blog post about selling used books online. And um, that started my entrepreneurship online <coughs> career, right? That's Start awesome. with something you like. Mm-hmm. Well, the we talked about some ideas to make some quick cash, right? We mentioned a few. What about uh, mentioning some of the funny ideas we've had in the past? And I think Jenny has a few. So the floor is all yours. I, you know what? That's I think what I tend to have more of is the funny ideas. Um, but some, you know, sometimes you just never know. Okay, a couple of things that we never moved on, and I don't know if there's a market for this or it would literally didn't move on. It was just an idea, right? But in, when we were in Orlando at what is now called the Proven Conference, it was CES at the time, and we had these the snap bracelets. You know, they um, is that what they're called? 
the yeah. bands where they go, you know, you hit them. <laughs> Eric, you know where I'm going oh, with yeah, this? Yeah, I know where I'm going with <laughs> Like, maybe you saw a picture of your husband so you get an idea of what we're looking oh, for. Oh, I have to find one. Um, sure. I'll let you do that. Oh, so, anyway, I just had this idea in the middle of where ta- Ryan and I are talking about private label in the session, like from the stage. And I just had this idea about, you know, he's always trying to figure out what to do with his, he has a really long beard. And he's all, he's, and it's even longer now than it was then. He's always trying to figure out what to do with it when like, even, okay, yesterday he was barbecuing and he's like, I got my beard cut in the barbecue. Oh, no. <laughs> so there is a market. I know that, but we haven't pursued this, but those snap bands, he, I caught him putting it around his beard. Okay. There's a picture of my, my daughter. She's going to kill you for that one. And um, yeah, that's his beard and him. That's him. <laughs> Um, anyway, so he's kind of looked a little bit, thought this would be really helpful. The big bracelet ones are just a little bit too, um, too big, but anyway, that was a kind of a silly idea. And who knows? I mean, there's like the beard market is way bigger than it was then. It might be too competitive. I don't know, but I did do a little bit of, you know, at Christmas, we're kind of looking for some gifts for him and there's all kinds of beads that you can get that are like beard beads that um, people can put in their beards. He doesn't do that, at least that I know of. Anyway, so that was kind of a funny, funny idea that there, you know, who knows, but something to like keep the beard from flowing around, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. <laughs> I don't have that problem. It's like a scrunchie for girls. I don't know. So um, that was a kind of a silly idea. We had another idea. We never, we, I started pursuing a little bit. Um, I was hoping one of my kids would jump on it and they didn't. And so it kind of just fizzled, but, um, and this has to do with coffee. And one of the things, you know, we're pretty deep into the private label stuff. And one of the things that I know coffee can be really competitive, but I also know that if you can connect with the cause, like we were talking about before, that, that, that can be something that can get you through that, through the thickness of the competition. And so we had this idea again, this was a few years ago to create, to do coffee and have it be a, a, like a fundraiser. So it was called kids to camp coffee. And it was a fundraiser that we would build out for people, the kids to be able to sell coffee at their churches or in their neighborhood or whatever to help raise money for them to go to camp. And so a youth group could do it or individuals could do it. And we had basically the idea of having the coffee packaged in a way. So it would say kids to camp, but there would be a place where they could put their own little logo so they could actually turn it into kind of their own branded coffee in a way. So that was just, when you start thinking about a cause, I think there's a lot of value there and we could probably spend a long time even digging into how do you connect with a cause, Mm -hmm. Um, especially today and the generation today. I think that's more, that's really important to, to people uh, more than it has been in the past. Those are two. I have more, but I'm not uh, your turn. <laughs> Somebody else go. Mine aren't funny. Really? No, no, I, I couldn't think of any funny ones. Oh. I mean, uh, all the funny ones have either been involved a, involving a T-Rex costume <laughs> or, which aren't real ideas anyway, or putting Ryan's face on a private label product. <laughs> that, that's it. I don't know. You got to just connect it to a cause, Eric. That's right. <laughs> then you're good to go. You can do anything. <laughs> that's right. I know I've had some funny ideas, but I couldn't remember them. So I'll have to maybe right. we'll do uh, spotting opportunities part two. <laughs> we'll talk some more. 
Yeah. Okay. I have I, I two just, more, but okay. go ahead. Go ahead. Nope. I, I, I want Ryan. You finish and then let, let's see if Ryan is any. No, I'm, I'm done. You're done. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, the ones that I marked it down to share aren't really that funny either. I, um, I'm looking through, I have a huge Trello board of ideas and I'm looking through right now to see if I can think of anything that's funny. There's uh, our Fundle Bundles idea, Jenny. Yeah, um, and I don't even remember what that was, but we got the domain. Yeah, fundle bundles. It was putting together fun bundles and selling them off, selling off the ideas. Maybe he was a person to privately have on a box. Um, I have an idea for turning. So kids are always. I mean, Callan's only two, so he's not really doing drawings yet. But you know, turning kids' drawings into a book. So if you have a kid who's an artist, it would be so easy to upload those to KDP and make a book out of them. So you know, Jenny Halley is an awesome artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, having a book of you know all of her art, and that'd be something that people. I mean, it could actually be something that maybe outside of your family, they might turn it into a journal or in journal. Absolutely. But the very least be something that, you know, your, your parents probably love to get that as a gift. Like this is all of Holly's drawings just since she was eight or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that would be an easy thing to teach people how to do. You could do, um, you know, wedding uh, books for people. Uh, I know like, um, there's all these companies that already do this. So we did a, a book for Callan for last year and gave it away. And it was a huge hit for all of my, you know, my parents and Melanie's parents, but you could put that on Amazon uh, and have people that any family members that wanted to order Shutterstock does this, but you, know, you could give it a, put a link on Amazon. And if you didn't want to buy one for every single person in the family, so well, here's a link you can get it. And it's just on KDP. It's print on demand. So mm-hmm. put cool. that on. And I don't remember what, the, if you can remember what the private label choose your own adventure book was. I don't remember, but you know what? I wonder if I have this. Oh, it doesn't matter. I did do a book. So, I mean, but uh, about private label, but then it was silly, you know, the stick figure thing, but that's not really an, an idea for money. That was just for fun. Yeah, I don't remember what the, the choose your own adventure book, but that's kind of an interesting the idea of taking something and teaching somebody else how to do it. And you can do that through a choose your own adventure type of a, a method, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I had this idea when I was, my kids are younger. I like to get out of the house. I mean, I can hang out at home, but I just like to get out of the house sometimes. And I like to take my computer and go somewhere and get out of the house. And when I had my, my kids were really little, I thought, man, if there was a place I could bring them where they can play and I can work and we're together still, but not, you know, I'm not leaving completely or putting them in a daycare type of a situation that was something that appealed to me. And so over the years, I've kind of thought about that. And even now they don't go, wouldn't go with me. Now I like to leave just to get some quiet. Even if though I'm in my office here, I can still hear what's going on around or I see things that need to get done. So it's nice for me to just leave. And sometimes I'll like go to coffee shops and they'll be packed and they'll be like, or there'll be like no, a new place. It'll be no, like no tables or no plugs or, you know, something like that. So I had this idea started pursuing it with my brother. It kind of just, we stopped, but, and it was called, um, work a latte where, (laughs) or work a Chino. We couldn't, I got both of the domains, um, but work a latte. And the idea was to have like Yelp. So that would have, it was an app where you would have all of the coffee shops or places where people could go and take their computers, get work done. They would be rated on, you know, the ambiance, the noise level, how easy is the parking, are there plugs available? So it's all kind of catered to people who, you know, is there coffee there? What is the coffee good? You know, that kind of a thing, but it would be like a Yelp type of a site, but mm-hmm. focused on places where, where entrepreneurs or students or people who just kind of needed to get a way to get some work done. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but that wasn't kinda like, like it's kind of like ways is that the app that shows you where there's traffic and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah. this would be like ways slash yelp slash something else for yeah. co- i think for entrepreneurs i i like it because i work from coffee shops and i would love yeah. to know uh how many people are there is it crazy I, there right now <laughs> and i can't imagine that app costing a lot jenny if you really wanted to go for that so here i just shared it with you yeah. know 50 something thousand people if you want to partner on that and you're an app developer or if you want to take the idea whatever but i do have the domain so you can't use those those names unfortunately unless you want to buy them maybe but i don't know but anyway we thought that was kind of fun the the name was was kind of fun and silly i guess not really funny but work a latte <laughs> well i mean if we go back to that venn diagram we're talking about one of the circles should be something we enjoy doing uh, we're passionate about doing that's going to make the project fun Mm-hmm. something that's fun to me might not be fun to you one idea i had which i started working on and i made some good money with it was to summarize books and then yeah. sell the summaries on on amazon so at one point i figured you know what i'm reading all these books anyway how can i make money off of this and uh, my goal was to hire a few people to do the uh, summaries i would pay them a few hundred dollars and i started it but the mistake I made, which made me drop this the whole business model and idea, was that um, one of the books we used uh, or we summarized had uh, a trademark in the title. The title was trademark oh. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got con- I got contacted oh. by this lawyer and I freaked out. Mm-hmm. At that point, I didn't have a lot of money to, to pay lawyers. It would have been a very, <laughs> very, very simple solution mm-hmm. for me, right? Avoid book titles that have trademark phrases in their title and you're fine. And I gave up that idea, even though mm. I was making a couple thousand dollars a month with three books, wow. three summaries. And I got them done within a, a month. Of that, three summaries. I still think that's a good idea. This is an amazing idea. We have so many homeschooling families. Okay. I've got, I've got two teens that I'm homeschooling now. My oldest is done, but that would be an amazing thing to pull into um, having high schoolers do for school, mm-hmm. you know, interns. Okay, so, the, <laughs> so let's let's uh, stay with this idea for a little bit because we yeah. said let's do quick cash ideas, then let's do some funny ideas, and the the third thing would be let's start to take one idea and brainstorm it. Yeah, you guys want to talk about this because yeah. I think I we can it. go in many different directions with oh, it. Totally. But Jenny, so your idea is use students who are reading books and kind of build a portfolio and, and the books. Right. I love that idea. Mm -hmm. So uh, would you get, is there any trouble with, let's say, you know, you take a a book from, uh, you know, Dan Miller's book, 48 days of work you love it and summarize it. Can you get in any trouble? I know Dan's a friend, so he's probably not going to care, but potential trouble with that author. You have to do the summary plus an analysis. If you don't include an analysis, you have to put your own work into right. it to avoid copyright issues and okay. all kinds of. They could probably even could make it a win-win with that person. So they have a audience of people who maybe they don't want to read that 500 page book, but you, you brought it down to 50. Um, maybe you put maybe obviously that book probably has some links back to that person's stuff. Maybe those links are your affiliate links back to that person's stuff. And they I might even promote that. They might even promote that book for you. I got another idea just to this. What if uh, we, the person who is selling the summary also sells a checklist or right. uh, 
how to implement this book. It, it works with business books or psychology, self-development. But we take a book, summarize it, analyze it, and then add a, how are you going to implement this? Mm. You only have to do five questions, right, per chapter or five things or three ideas. And all of a sudden, it's a new work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I want to be a customer right now because I have a whole bunch of books behind me and in my closet there that I want to read that, mm -hmm. you know, I just, I may never get to them. But if, well, I think I might just go back to it now that, <laughs> that we're talking about it. That's a great idea. Maybe you summarize Ryan's book for one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ryan will summarize your book. We'll take it from, I don't know how many pages it has, but we'll do it three pages. No, that's, that's good. Well, when I started, I was thinking I'm going to have all of these books summarized. So people who um, uh, want to get a summary of a specific book can get it, but also I could do a membership site. So it's mm -hmm. a continuity model. And that's where I wanted to get. Mm -hmm. But then I totally freaked out when the lawyer contacted me. Mm -hmm. It was uh, in 2008 or nine. I was kind of new to the whole online business model. And, and I didn't know, I didn't have any mentors in my life at that point to ask questions. Hey, is this safe? What can I do? So I probably lost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. because I just dropped the idea. This is one example of a, a pretty good idea that could have become great had I uh, worked at it and reached out to people that have some answers to, to get some uh, advice. How long would it take you to, to start to finish? Read the book, finish the summary, maybe a 300-page book? Personally, well, most books are 200 pages. So 200 pages, a business book, I can probably read it in one afternoon and summarize it the next day. So two days. And I can probably make two hundred to a thousand dollars in well, there's one day of one day of uh coming up with ideas, have to implement it. And I know that there are a couple of websites that are doing the continuity model right now. And I've I kept up with with that. So there are people who are using the same idea I've had, but they implemented, I didn't. So they're making money, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the thing with ideas. If if we don't take action, if we don't execute, it's not going to work. But it's something I still want to do. And I was just going to say, I'm looking on their website. When you were saying continuity program, that was another one of my ideas. It wasn't funny, but it was it was an idea. But would it be possible to have a continuity program where people get access to all these books, but you're also able to take uh, custom orders? So if somebody mm -hmm. wanted you know this particular book done. You might charge double, but then you're going to add that to your library because it's already done. Mm -hmm. And someone's paying 50 or 100 mm -hmm. to be part of this community. The continuity model just seems like such a great idea for something like this. Because then, then if you're Ryan and you have these you know, 20 books that you want to read, but you're probably not going to, well, you don't even have to buy them in the first place. You just join this you know, program and eventually they're going to be summarized. I love that idea. Mm -hmm. The other um, application of, of this idea, which I thought about, so apparently I, I thought a lot about this idea, but didn't implement, is to take the summary and also do some videos or maybe even do videos with the author. Where, yeah, or uh, a you podcast. Do podcast, mm -hmm. things like that to add value. So mm -hmm. it's repurposing the same content, which is always a great idea. If uh, you have content as an ebook, do it as uh, as a video course. All, all of a sudden, you can charge more. You can build your audience. And I know someone who might have done that. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe. You could also. Right? That's what Ryan, that's what you did, right? You had the mm-hmm. ebook mm-hmm. Uh, about private label and that, yeah. that turned out into a course that was uh, same content. Uh, a little bit. Yep. And you can offer to do that for authors. There might be authors that write books that you see potential of a course and they have no desire, no time, don't know how to do it. You say, well, I know how to do it. I'm good at it because you are good at it, Delia. And say, you know, I'll do the course for you. We'll split the profits. All you got to do is send it out to your, your tiny list of mm-hmm. 500,000 people. Even before that, you could build a Facebook group just using the excerpts from the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's your content. There's 200 pages of content. Schedule all out. There's your, you know, mm-hmm. audience building Facebook group. So the purpose of this discussion, of this short brainstorming, the four of us did not talk about this idea before, right? Mm-hmm. We did not, but we jumped. I meant, I remember an idea I had in the past that made me some money, didn't really execute well. And we mentioned several ways to make money, just started from that one idea. Mm-hmm. That, that was the reason I, I, mm-hmm. I wanted us to have a brainstorming session like this, because the reality is every idea can make each person money in different ways. Right. Uh, it's really powerful. And uh, we have a community of people who are good at coming up with ideas. Sometimes all we have to do is just reach out to someone in the My Silent team or the other communities we're part of and, and leverage that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I might have knowledge that another person doesn't, that a person might have knowledge I don't have. And we're supposed to help each other mm-hmm. leverage our skills, our assets, our resources. Even some of the ideas we mentioned uh, previously on uh, quick cash, how to make quick cash. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure there are people in the community who have some of the resources I need to implement some of those ideas and we could all make more money. I remember the analogy of a horse pulling uh, a weight and I don't remember the the size of the weight, but one horse was pulling like 3,000 pounds. And then when they put two horses the two horses together didn't pull just 6,000 pounds. They, they pulled like 15,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, we totally off on the number of pounds, right. but it was such a uh, difference. And that was one of the reasons I thought it would be cool to do a, a small section of the webinar focused on just brainstorming ideas with people who are used to it. And most people in the, in the My Silent Team community are used to this. Right. They're mm-hmm. thinking through ideas. How can I make more money? Mm-hmm. They've been exposed to so many webinars that they already have a lot of ideas. It's just a matter of evaluating them, mm-hmm. figuring out, OK, which one would actually have the greatest impact and is the easiest to implement. I'm confident I can accomplish or, or mm-hmm. put into action and do it. Uh, yeah. So I think this is a great uh, way to kind of pull all of those things, all of those principles we mentioned at the beginning, pull them mm-hmm. all together. Mm-hmm. In an example. Yeah. And, you know, I just, um, I think doing this on a Zoom call like this is fabulous, but I cannot tell you it's even better if you can get face to face with people mm-hmm. and brainstorm. And we've got the Proven Conference coming up um, <laughs> in September, guys. And this is like the gold of that conference is to be able to sit and up till three in the morning talking about dinosaur costumes and who knows what else. And the ideas that come out of the community, like Delia was saying, the community is so important. And in today's world, it's so easy to be solo. And you've got the Facebook group here. You can even go smaller than that and get into, you know, start your own little Zoom group, smaller groups just to connect with people. There's lots of ways to get connected online with people, but that still doesn't even compare to the face-to-face. 
that face-to-face is just, that's where the million dollar ideas come from faster. They come faster. I don't know. There's just something that you feed off of each other when you're brainstorming with other people and you're willing to throw out even the silly, this is kind of a stupid idea, I think. But then somebody's like, no, you could totally do that. And you know, you just do this, that, and the other thing. And I know somebody who did this and then somebody else is chiming in. I mean, it's just amazing. And so I just want to encourage you guys to really step into the community that's here. You have this amazing resource here. You have this resource. So there's no excuses. But if you can get yourselves to prove the proven conference, then I think that this is going to be the big piece that you'll walk away with. There's great content that's going to be there and all of that. But, and I didn't mean for this to be like a, you know, all about the, it's not all about the conference, but it's about the community. And that is really what makes that conference so valuable is that we treasure that. We treasure the community. Anyway, just wanted to throw that out. You guys have that here. So right. use it. Take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, I, and I will mention the the map we have somewhere in the Facebook group. You can find people from that have put a pin on the MST map. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You can find people from the community in your area. You can meet with yep. them. And I know in some of the Facebook groups we have, I've noticed people doing meetups locally. Mm-hmm. We just did one this week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's one way to use the uh, community. Yeah. Well, I don't have anything else on 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 the topic of spotting ideas. I mean, we could talk a lot, <laughs> but um, talk a latte. <laughs> yeah, talk a latte. But uh, we covered the the points we wanted to cover. We wanted to just talk about some. Um, quick, um, making money quickly cash, making quick cash ideas, then some fun ideas. And we didn't do as well as Jenny on that, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) we're not, we're not all as funny as her. And then just the brainstorming session, right? Just start with something random, which, uh, we didn't plan and just see where that, that takes us. Um, and, uh, it would be cool to do this, uh, in the future, just taking other ideas. I didn't read all the comments, uh, but I know a lot of people made other suggestions that were really cool. I read some of those. I was like, oh, that's a good idea. I should probably do that. (laughs) So read the comments as well. Anything else you guys want to add? No, all good. Thank you. Everyone who listened to the live, let us know if this was helpful or uh, useful. And, uh, I'm sure we'll we'll do some more if if it's useful. If it's not, we'll just do the four of us uh, Zoom calls and it's useful for us for sure. Yeah. No, I have those 35 half bridges. You know, there, there's tons of ideas to talk about that bring that to a, a community of 52,000 people or whatever it is by now. Mm-hmm. And those could turn into something big. Mm-hmm. And we all, everybody in this community has ideas like that. So right. I love doing this. This is great. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Perfect. Awesome. Thank well, you. thanks guys for joining us and watching us go back and forth about some funny, crazy, maybe not so crazy ideas. So <laughs> enjoy. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, guys. All right. Yeah. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.